What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 131 Podcast. Today is episode 41, and before we get into the show, it's been a while. It's been a while. I'll admit that. Aaron Acorn, what's going on, bro? Hey, man. Uh, it's Easter, which it doesn't feel like Easter at all, but uh, happy to be back here. I feel like we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. I know we haven't really been the greatest with consistency, but we've uh, had shit going on between both of us, so uh, I think we're back to a regular scheduled programming, and we should be back to weekly episodes. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more with you. And like you said, happy Easter to all your families out there if you're listening. Hope you got your picture with the Easter Bunny this year. I know Acorn did. And before we get into the NHL news, college hockey is about to wrap up. We have the Frozen Four set. UMass is going to play Minnesota Duluth, and Minnesota State is going to play St. Cloud State. Aaron, uh, what are your thoughts on this Frozen Four right now? It's really odd because I thought for sure that, I mean, in my opinion, the two best teams have already been knocked out in Boston College and North Dakota. Um, we saw Wisconsin get bounced early by Bemidji State. Um, but, yeah, it, it's weird. I mean, I didn't expect UMass Amherst to get in. I don't think anyone expected Minnesota State to get in. I, I don't think St. Cloud State is a shocker they're there but yeah it's definitely it's not what March Madness is in basketball with like crazy upsets but still there's a there's a few teams in there that I, I don't think you could have you would have penciled in uh, regardless yeah I will I will say that Minnesota State is definitely the team that I just did not have on my radar yeah. at all and I think that Minnesota Duluth game with North Dakota going into five overtimes was just insane yeah, I mean they had to switch goalies in the middle of the game and uh, middle of the second overtime. So the goalie played their backup goalie played three regular periods of hockey. So that's crazy. Yeah, um, I unfortunately couldn't watch that game, but I watched the highlights and yeah, I mean we saw a bunch of the guys in North Dakota immediately right after sign with their NHL teams for the who were drafted them, and then some players who were undrafted signed with teams. I mean. Most notably, I think the prospect that everyone was waiting for to sign is Cole Caulfield, who, after his Wisconsin season ended, has signed with the Montreal Canadiens, but is now reporting to Laval. Yeah, for sure. I was just about to point out that Caulfield did uh, sign with them. So who who takes this tournament, man? I know we gave our picks at the beginning of the tournament, but who, who takes yeah, it now? I, I think I got to go St. Cloud State. That's an interesting pick because I'm going Minnesota Duluth here. That's who I said from the beginning. So I think Minnesota Duluth will end up playing St. Cloud State. I know this is a rematch of prior years, but it should be a little bit different. Yeah, yeah for sure. I'm curious to see how Minnesota State does as well. Um, I mean, they looked really good against Minnesota when they played each other. I mean, they shut them out. They were all over them. I really didn't expect them. When they got to where they got to, I just figured they're going to get bounced, but they've really exceeded the expectations i'm curious to see how this umass team does yeah i know they've got a couple returners from the 2019 tournament uh where mccarr was in i know i remember the name del Gaizo. he was like mccarr's d partner yeah i mean when they had that team was with i mean they had mccarr but they don't really have anyone that's like like top tier talent like standout player Seems like they're getting it done more by committee this year or this this time around compared to what they had in 19. Yeah, for sure. I definitely could see that. But yeah, man, college hockey, it's always exciting time around this time of year. So we'll see how uh, that plays out. But let's jump right into the NHL action, starting with this Mass Mutual East Division. 
Your two leaders in this division, uh, followed closely by Pittsburgh, are the Washington Capitals and New York Islanders. They both have 52 points apiece. Yep, and with Washington having one game in hand, playing 37 with the Islanders playing 38. I mean, they're both in their last 10. You have the Islanders at seven and three, and the Island or the Caps at seven and three, and the Islanders at six and four. They look like they're going to be the top two uh, spots of this division. I don't really see either of them slipping. I mean, Pittsburgh's making a pretty good case right now. They got 50 points, and they've been six. They're six three and one in their last 10. They did lose to Boston yesterday. But I, it really does look like these three teams are set. I know Boston still has four – they're four games back in games played, and they have uh, 43 points. But it just seems like these three teams have been staying consistent like the last two or three weeks. And um, Boston hasn't been great. They don't have Tuca currently. Uh, I think they're going to hold this four spot. But they, they um, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the Bruins in the next few days. I know they've really had – having issues with uh, players staying healthy guys are underperforming um, and Cassidy has called him called the team out specifically about especially with Marshan fighting the other night against Jesper Bratt when they came back and beat the Devils yeah man you said a lot of great things there I do agree as well I think the three for this division that are a lock are Washington the Islanders and Pittsburgh I even think Boston is going to be a lock they just need to get things uh, rolling and stay more consistent. But let's yeah. talk about the teams that are in that middle middle part. The two specifically are the Flyers and the Rangers. Yep. The Flyers, um, Carter Hart has been healthy, scratched, hoping to find his game again. And the Flyers overall just haven't been consistent the last month or so. Yeah, and we saw uh, this past week Shane Goss's bear was placed on waivers. Uh, I wasn't shocked that no one picked him up. That contract's kind of heavy for his what he's been playing uh, lately. And I was reading uh, someone that's a blue check mark that covers the Flyers was saying that they're trying to they were trying to make a massive move. And I there's always this this topic keeps circling with the Calgary Flames and the Philadelphia Flyers with Johnny Goudreau's name. Uh, I was reading something that Jake Voracek might be part of that deal that would send Voracek to the Flames and Goudreau would be coming to the Flyers. But obviously there's other pieces within that deal. I'm not sure if we're going to see that get done, but that's been, I mean, this trade's been talked about for at least two years now. Do you think Jake Voracek wants out of Philly after the whole like press conference thing? Or do you think he stay, he likes staying in Philly? I think he likes staying in Philly. I mean, he's had the, the his best part of his career has been in Philly where he was an all-star. He's had a few very productive seasons. He signed a nice contract extension with the Flyers, but I could see maybe it's ran its course and it's maybe time for him to move on. I'm not entirely sure. I don't really follow the Flyers that have like heavily to understand, but I mean, it, it could, he could love it there. He could hate it there. I, I really don't know. Um, I feel like he takes a lot of flack from the media there, especially. I, I feel like he's kind of the whipping boy, especially for the forward. Yeah, that's that's kind of crazy there, but I agree. I feel like Nolan Patrick was, and now it's kind of him. Yeah, I do agree. I don't think I don't. I think Jake Voracek would want to stay in Philly. But back to the whole gossip spur, and I'll give my opinion on that. It's kind of crazy to see that it's only been about I want to say five years since he was a runner-up for the Calder. And that yep. weird, uh, that weird race. It was Panarin, McDavid, and Gossespierre. Yep. Yeah. It's I. I mean, I think everyone would have pegged McDavid to win it that year, and obviously McDavid with the broken collarbone missed a ton of hockey. But Panarin was lights out that season. Could yeah. you could not give it to him. But 
Yeah, it, it seems like Gosses Bear is kind of his game has just fallen away. You always knew him as like that offensive dis- uh, defenseman, especially coming out of Union College. He was so good in college hockey, and he it just seemed like he clicked immediately over into the NHL level for the first few seasons. And I feel like it's been like a steady decline, and it's kind of taken more of a dip this year with the money he's making. But yeah, this Flyers team, I hate, I hate, I, I wanted them to do really well, especially after seeing the success they had in the bubble. But yeah, they don't, they just don't seem like they're getting it going, and I really don't. I don't see this team making the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those cases where they just miss out maybe yeah. like a one or two point situation. Yeah, this let's, let's talk about this Rangers team. I feel like there's been a lot of good with them, especially, I mean, when we saw them, the Flyers lose to them 9 nothing. It seemed like things are uh, trending in the right way. Mika Zabinijad was on a, a tear after going cold for the, almost the whole season until that point. But he's starting to really trend up the last few weeks. I think that's his success is translation translating over to the Rangers' overall success. But uh, they get this kid Vitaly Kratsov who uh, comes over from Russia. We've heard nothing but uh, just absolute skill. So I'm curious how this heat gets handled with uh, within the Rangers. We'll see how it goes. Considering this is his rookie season, and you know that rookies don't necessarily yeah, don't- excel. I've been keeping an eye on uh, just whenever the Rangers play going on the, the the score app and looking at time of time on ice, you don't see Lafreniere or um, what's his name? Uh, Capocacco. They don't play a lot. Are they playing like 12 minutes a night? No, it's under 10 minutes. And like the, uh, they, it, it also does show you that like the period breakdown, it seems like as the game gets deeper, their shifts drop. That's, so. Dude, that is awful for a player's development. I'm sorry. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like that. It just seems like they mismanaged their. They're mismanaging their assets. Uh, but on the bright side, this Adam Fox has been a stud, dude. He, he he's an elite level talent. He's a lock for the USA Olympic roster. I 100% agree with that statement. That's a that's a loaded team, especially on the back end too, with all the stud American defensemen. I'm pretty sure Fox is about to crack 30 assists. I believe you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think he's been their best player hands down as the, as a whole. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if you see the Rangers leapfrog the flyers here soon. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to be a tight race all the way to the end and Boston better get consistent because yeah, the, either of these two teams could uh, take, take that four spot away from them. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, this devil's team, there's really nothing to cover with them. We really haven't heard much. The, uh, Kyle Palmieri's, we talked about this a couple episodes ago of him get, possibly getting traded. He is actually being sat out uh, right now with the Devils from his agency that he's in works of a trade that could happen in the next days, next few days or within the week. So it looks like Palmieri's down in uh, New Jersey. It's almost like the same similar situation with Taylor Hall last year. Yeah, I think everyone has known for quite some time. I think we've already pumped his brakes enough, like at the beginning of the season, like who was going to be trade bait, and Kyle Palmieri was just a name that just kept. It's. Repeating. I feel like it's been a name for a while, at least three or I feel like at least three years you've heard Kyle Palmieri's name is especially always linked to the Bruins to be Krejci's winger. But yeah, I'm curious who's going to get him, and I'm my guess it's it's probably a team in the U.S. because I don't think a team in Canada wants to wait seven days to get him if they're giving up a ton for him, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a, he's probably a second round pick would be my guess. Possibly a first if teams were really desperate for someone like him. 
Yeah, no, he's easily a second round pick, but I could, I've seen a lot worse yeah. players get yeah. traded for more. So yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, we got some, I actually got some uh, bright news in Buffalo after their 18 game skid, the Sabres have finally won a game and they actually beat, they beat the Flyers six to one and they end up being the Rangers last night in a shootout. So things are uh, looking a little bit better in Buffalo, but still not great. I will say I think that their win the wins that they've been able to get are probably because of the um because of Linus Olmark coming back into the lineup. I agree this, with that. This was I'm pretty sure he out of the 8 wins that they have on the season, I'm pretty sure he has 6 of them, yeah. if not 7 of them. They have I think now they have more wins than they have shutout shutout losses. I know that was a stat as of last week, the Sabres had more shutout losses than wins. So uh, I think you're right with Linus Omar coming back is why the things are getting better. Uh, we did mention, uh, or we haven't mentioned that Eric Stahl has also been traded from the Buffalo Sabres uh, to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, he actually was skating today after his seven-day quarantine with the Habs. So I'm curious and happy to see that Eric Stahl gets a chance to be with a better team because, yeah, uh, where he's at in his career, I don't think he deserves to be playing in Buffalo with that disaster. Yeah, no, he's a veteran, and any team any team willing to make a deep run is going to add some veteran leadership, and I think the Montreal Canadiens were the perfect fit for Stahl. And uh, I put this out on our Twitter. I said, I could see th- – this is how I see this going. All right, short-term, Stahl's out. Taylor Hall moves at the deadline. Mid-term. Eichel is gone this summer. Maybe even Rasmus Dahlin is picked up for pennies on the dollar. Maybe I'm stretching it a little bit too far there. And then long-term, when I say long-term, over a year, two years, uh, Dylan Cousins, I don't think he will re-sign after his ELC is up. Well, he's going to be a restricted free agent, so they can't. I think he doesn't really have much uh, say there. Really? Is that how it works? I think so, yeah. Well, he doesn't uh, have to sign anything. Yeah, but he'll probably – I mean, it, it, he's not unrestricted, so that's the issue with him. An offer sheet could probably be something in the works if that was the case. But, Either way, regardless of contract situation, I don't think Dylan Cousins is going to want to stay in Buffalo anyway. I don't think anyone does, but uh, I think we've covered the uh, this division uh, plenty. Let's Let's go over this Discover Central division where this is a very tight, tight division. I think, honestly, I think I said this a couple episodes ago, this might be the best division right now in hockey. Yeah, oh, for sure, dude. Look at look at the top three teams. Yeah, so we got you got Tampa and Florida basically one and two right right with each other at 50, uh, at 54 points, uh, both the same amount of games played. Um, Florida actually has been on a five-game winning streak. Uh, they just had Sergei Bobrovsky play in his 500th game. Uh, I am so shocked to see how successful the uh, – the Florida Panthers have been, and obviously we got to talk about the gruesome injury that happened to Aaron Eckblad over the, over the last weekend. That was just awful after the guy was the number one overall pick and didn't was had, had that Calder had that Calder season his first year. And then really hasn't been the number one overall pick that he has been lived up to be, but he really seemed to take a step forward this, this year and to see him go down like that was just awful. That is a huge blow for a yeah. Florida Panthers team that has been this good this year. Yep. And uh, I can't imagine 
He's not their he's not their captain, but he very well could be. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's very well respected in that that dressing room. I mean, he's one of the longest tenured players on the roster. Um, I'm curious here if with him out, are they gonna try to acquire a right-handed defenseman? So, I know from I know. Okay, I think I heard this on Chicklets. I don't know where I heard this from, but they pretty much said that like Bill Zito is not. He's not. Um, what's the word for it? Like, he's not panicking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of guys, a lot of guys are calling him as like replacements, but I don't think you're going to see any like prospects or like picks go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how this goes long-term with him out. Cause I, I mean, he's probably, I'd say he's probably been their best defenseman this year. Uh, I, I mean, we, we got to talk about this Tampa team. They're still, they still don't have Kucherov. They're going to get him back in the playoffs, but they're still rolling. It just seems like a well-oiled machine that I think I I think you're going to see either Florida or Tampa finish one two. I don't I really think it, at this point it could be a flip flop. It's really it's that close. I have a question though. Do you think is the Florida Panthers team too good to be true? Or like are they going to make the playoffs and be a first round bounce? What do I you think? I, I think they're. I think it'll be a first round bounce. It depends on who they match up with, though. I think is the real question. Like, I think it's a too good to be – like, they're so good this season, dude. And I think, yeah. like – like, I'm looking at their lineup and it's like, okay. They're getting contributions from everyone. Yeah, like, they have Alexander Winberg, who had a hat trick last night. Uh, Mackenzie yeah. Weger, who, like uh-huh. – like, like Anthony Anthony is not even doing that much. And the guy was an all-star a couple of years ago – or last year. Yeah, and you have, you obviously have Barkov and Huberto up front. Patrick Hornquist, you said he was out, correct? No, he's back. He's back. Okay, yeah. so they have Hornquist. Hornquist, who is actually lighting it up for them. Yep. Verhage, that's been really good for them. Yep, Carter Verhage. Like it remind you know what team it reminds me of? It reminds me of the 2016 Panthers that played the Islanders. Yep, and they had like March so and uh, yep. Trocheck, and it was like okay, like this Florida Panthers team could beat the Islanders, and the Islanders ended up beating them. Yeah, uh, that's that 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 is a perfect analogy. I really do want to see this. I want to see them make a run, but I don't know. It depends on who they get. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, I know we we've kind of talked a lot about the Panthers team, but let's talk about this Hurricanes team, dude. They've also been awesome. Yeah, they they have really been good, and I think they've got some stellar goaltending going on there, especially with the rise of Alex Nedeljkovic, who. Yeah. If you didn't know, he played on the USA World Junior Team a couple yep. years a couple years ago. I think it was that 2015 year where McDavid yeah. just toasted them. Yeah, he's. I, I'd say he's probably their one. I know um, they were talking about. There's rumors that um, the Hurricanes were in the market to move one of their goalies, and I'd assume that Nedeljkovic would be the one that's going to stay, and that would not be traded. It'd be either Reimer or Mrazek. Um, I think we kind of off air agreed that it'd probably be Reimer would be the one getting traded. <laughs> I don't know. Could be Mrazic. I don't know at this point. I just think you're gonna roll Nadelkovic as your one, and but I'm curious to see in the next few days, upcoming uh, the the deadline, um, if they make a move, if they're looking to upgrade it, maybe forward. I don't think they're gonna upgrade a D. So who do you think's been the Carolina Hurricanes' best player as of late? Uh, Marty Dijas. Yeah, I, I I figured you were gonna say that. I figured you're gonna say that. I mean, the the 
Teravine and the the big boys have all been producing. But yeah, I'd say he's probably been like the the dark horse for them. I mean, he's a skilled player, but I don't think he's at like Aho or Sveshnikov's level. No. Uh, another one is you always got to appreciate how good Dougie Hamilton's been for them as well. Can't believe it, man. Can't believe he's another player that the Boston Bruins had that they see. Yeah. But uh, I think probably the in the last 10 games, the biggest story in this division, Nashville Predators. The, we basically – I'll come out and say I think I've been saying it for the last, what, four, four or five episodes. I've just been abusing them, saying how bad they are. Um, they're going to get a new coach. Uh, it seemed like Hines was going to be the next guy to get the axe, and then Jeff Ward ended up getting it in Calgary. But what? I don't know what's going on here. There's a resurgence in Nashville. Uh, I want to say it's a byproduct of good play from UC Soros and Pecorine. Yeah. And maybe they're just finding their identity now, but they've been beating the Hawks lately. Like every time I think Nashville plays the Hawks, the Hawks lose, and it pisses me off because the the two times I've been to the United Center, they both played the the Predators and they lost both times. Didn't Roman Yossi had five assists in one of the games you went to? I'm pretty sure, and I think it was like I think it was like the Ryan Ellis days, like where he was a rookie, like had like yeah. three points. Yeah, but yeah, this um, I I mean it's nice to see the Preds be more relevant. I know I always give them a hard time about Matthew Shane, and I mean the downfall kind of Ryan Johansson. Um, them looking like they now lost the Weber deal. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm not gonna, I'm just happy to see there, there's some positive in Nashville. I mean, they, we could see them sneak into a spot here. Yeah, uh, man. I mean, I think, I, I think the three fighting for this spot are Nashville, Chicago, and Dallas. I think Columbus has fallen off the wheels here. Yeah. Columbus, they're dead. And you know what? It sucks for Chicago because they've been holding this, They've been holding this four spot for so long and they're going to let it slip away. And, but the good thing about Chicago is that they finally got Kirby Doc back faster than expected. Oh yeah. That's awesome. It's, it's really nice seeing him skate. I mean, that hit was so awkward back in the world juniors. And I, I thought when they said how his, he was out long-term, I, I didn't think he'd be back, but it's, it's great seeing him back. They, he's one of their best players. Obviously they're, they really miss Taze and, I think it's safe to say you probably won't see Jonathan Taze back in a Hawks uniform this year, but uh, getting Doc back definitely gets a little shot in the arm for them. What do you mean, dude? His wrist was good, bro. His wrist looked fine. Yeah. Uh, with Dallas, I know they're about four games behind. Uh, yeah, they're four games behind, and they're uh, they're about five points out from a playoff spot currently. They have 36 points. Is Dallas going to – do you think Dallas is going to make a run? Are they gonna Are they gonna catch fire anytime soon? You think? Could they? I I feel like they could ride Dobby, but uh, they just don't have like that spark this year. It seems they came out of the gates hot, and then they had their shutdown with COVID and the weather. And I don't know. It just seems besides like Joe Pavelski, um, they really haven't had a lot of uh, like secondary help. You haven't really seen much of Jamie Ben. Obviously, they don't have Tyler Sagan. Ben Bishop isn't playing. Uh, Miro Haskinen probably hasn't been as good as they, like he is expected to be. So. All right, are you ready for my two-point long-winded response here? Yes. All right, so the first part, I think that I said this probably at the beginning of the season that COVID was probably going to ruin teams' momentums during the season, 
And the Dallas Stars are definitely one of the teams that their momentum was ruined by postponements. All right. And my second point was I was on Reddit, like I usually am, because that's where I get my weather from. And I was on the hockey subreddit. And one of the, we were talking about, I think the discussion was about Yoel Kiviranta or something like that. And someone wrote, the Dallas Stars overachieved last postseason. And then I was thinking, I was like, no, they didn't. They like, they, I was like, they were right where I thought they would be. And then I go back to the the series and I'm like, okay, Calgary should have fucking kicked the shit out of them. And then Colorado, they lost Eric Johnson, Philip Grubauer, and uh, wasn't Landis Cog out for like game one? Yeah. And then the Western Conference Final, they beat Vegas in five, but I don't know what was up with that. And then they finally played Tampa and they and they lose. So like I'm yeah. looking at those first two series and I'm like, okay, they should have been bounced out in one of those two series. Yeah, that's fair to say. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, they were, I mean, when the Blues won the cup, they were this, they were in less than a centimeter away from going in the cup final with that Jimmy Ben wraparound. I don't think they over I don't think they overachieved though because they were so hot coming into the playoffs. That's true. But I don't know. It just seems like Jimmy Ben seems kind of dead this year. He's not the Jimmy Ben you I feel like Radulov, same thing. Yeah, Radulov isn't like the Russian gas like I thought he'd be this year. <laughs> Jesus. Uh but yeah, I think I mean there's really not much to cover with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit's playing better uh, with the Blue Jackets. I think really the topic at hand is Patrick Line really hasn't fit in there, and I we talked about this off air as well. Could we see Line get moved again? He's on a how many years does he have left? One. He's got one year left. Yeah. He could go this offseason. He could not. No, really... I'm saying no. I'm saying that this deadline. Uh, he could. <laughs> I I did. I honestly did not think about that for a second. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's. I hate. It sounds bad, but that could be likely. But I mean, if they were to ship Line away, then like, what did they get out of the PLD trade? They got Jack Rosovic. Yeah, he's been, I mean Roslick hasn't been he he's got twenty like twenty four points with them. I wouldn't he's say been, he's and he's been good. He's been really good, but yeah, you got Line who Yeah, but look who's who's the bench boss. That doesn't go well. Is Torts gonna get the can this offseason? I or think what? Torts is I think Torts is getting the I think Torts is getting the can. Uh but let's uh let, let's go. Let's transition up north. Talk about this Canadian uh, Scotia North division. You still got Toronto. I mean, they've been in first place basically the entire season. I don't think you're going to see them lose it. Um, Winnipeg and Edmonton are right there with them, a few points back. But it just seems like Toronto won't budge that first spot. Would you agree? And they've been doing it without Freddie. Jack Campbell's been awesome. Yeah, I think Toronto's going to win this division. Yeah. Uh, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Jesus Christ, so good. Uh, a player that I don't think gets enough love on the, the Leafs uh, that Mike Babcock sat out way too much is this kid Hall. Justin Hall. Yeah. He's yeah, I've, I've, seen, I've seen him, and I didn't really know too much about him. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's been a solid shutdown D. I think TJ Brody was also a great addition to that back end. I hate, I hate giving the Leafs props, but I'm doing it. 
Do you think Matthews wins the Rocket this year? I think it's either going to be me, him, or him or McDavid. It just depends on who's keeps scoring at this point. I mean, McDavid's probably going to run away with the points lead, but I don't know if he can sustain or keep up with Matthews and goals. Yeah, I think Matthews is more pure goal scorer. Oh yeah, but I think uh, uh, going to Edmonton. I know we got we got to talk about this now. This uh, this hit that McDavid threw on Kakiemi. Um, if you were on social media, I, I don't think you could have missed it because it was all over hockey Twitter. Um, I think, I mean, it's a suspendable hit. It's fucking dirty, dude. It's, it is dirty, but it's their, it's the best player in the world. They're not, it's the same. Like, look at what happened with Ovechkin (laughs) and we'll get into the next incident with another superstar in this league. But I mean, they're going to obviously max fine him. They weren't going to, because when he's not playing, he, the NHL is losing money. So it's a business. Uh, I think they don't. I think Christopher Stiegs said at best they don't protect their stars well enough. I think we've learned that from Sidney Crosby over the last 10 years of his career. I don't think McDavid is protected enough in this league. Um, but yeah. And what about Jonathan Tays all these years? Getting fucking dome rocked in the fucking corners every season. Yeah. And I mean, Patty Kane really, I, I don't want to, I know we're talking about the Canadian division, but yeah, you agree with you. But I don't think Jonathan Tays is the best player in the world. He's not, but at that time, he almost could have been. True, he could have been true. the best center in the world. That's, that's true. But, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, the NHL, it was a business choice. I don't think they were ever going to suspend him. And Now, okay. now if he does it again, he's definitely going to get a game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. Uh, but I think he really hasn't had a, a, <laughs> a background in being a dirty player. Um but uh, dude, speaking of McDavid, he's probably gonna run away with the uh, the Ted Lindsay the, M- the most points. I think how many how many pieces of hardware do you think McDavid walks away with at the end of the season? In regular season, we're not talking cups. He'll probably walk away with the Art Ross, mm-hmm. uh, Ted Lindsay, perhaps. All right, if I said this a while, I think I said this to Ryan Hawk. I said. It was, it was the Kane debate. I said, if Kane wins, okay, if McDavid wins the heart, then Kane will win the Lindsay because gotcha. the Lindsay is voted by the players. Gotcha. If I think if McDavid wins the Lindsay, uh, Kane will win the heart. Gotcha. What if, what if Chicago just falls off here and McDavid ends up getting like 95 points? They end up go, winning this division. Then I would say he's a lock for all three. Gotcha. Um, but another team that's been they've been very good too in this Canadian division. Um, I don't think they get enough love either is Winnipeg. I love uh, I love Winnipeg, dude. That offensive, I mean, their offensive depth is awesome when you got have guys like Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Ehlers, Pierre Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, um, a guy like Adam Lowry in the bottom six. You still have Matthew Perot, you have um they don't even have Brian Little anymore, and they I mean he would be a great addition to them, but uh, this kid Pionk on the back end, I think, has been their best uh, has been their best defenseman. And I, looking at that trade now for True, or I think Pionk is better than Jacob Truba, more dynamic, and he's a lot cheaper. Yeah, and I think, I think so. I think him being paired with Morrissey is also great. I think Morrissey is still he's he's good. He's good. Yeah. I think he could be better though. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think Dylan DeMello has been pretty good too on the back end for them as well, and so is uh, Derek Forbert. 
this kid Andrew Cop too has been really uh, like quietly having a great season for Winnipeg too. And I don't think a lot of people know who he is. Um, still a young player, but having his best productive season of his career or his yeah his career. Do you think the uh, Winnipeg Jets will try hard for a right-handed defenseman this trade deadline? That's probably, and I think they probably want to try to do it within the division, um, so they don't have to have the player quarantine. Uh, but that's probably that could I could a hundred percent see that. Um, I'm curious to see what the market is for right shot defensemen that are going to be available at the deadline. I wonder if you'll see something maybe from like Ottawa, um, maybe Calgary. Uh, if they just keep losing games and getting out of the playoff contention, will they offer something? Yeah, for sure. Possibly Erasmus Anderson. That's a good one. He was on the uh, Rangers, no? You're thinking of uh, Elias Anderson. Oh, uh, okay. That's it. That's it. But yeah, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. And uh, let's talk about the big boy tilt from last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was awesome. The Weber versus Kachuk. I mean, what, what are they about? <laughs> they're like 13 years apart in age i mean dude weber's a strong dude that's a lot of balls for brady kachuk to drop the mitts with him i don't i don't i'm not surprised though and i loved every second of it yeah i i really do think brady kachuk's gonna turn into a superstar as he as he keeps growing i think he might end up be, being better than his brother but dude he like both the kachuk's man just bring that level of grit plus skill and it's like it's 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 a bar to none i mean they're like in that tom wilson range yeah they have more talent they're more skilled than tom wilson and they're, yeah. they're still building up that that physicality piece yeah for sure um but i mean i'm happy to see what eric Stahl can do with this team uh he should be he's skating today so he's out of protocol or the uh, quarantine so now he's joining the team i have been reading a lot about this and Mark Mark Bergevin has been very aggressive with acquiring assets for them. And it almost seems like he's more worried about his job security than them making the playoffs. Like look at the off season. He acquired to Foley and Anderson. I think he need, he realized he needed to get players because I think he was, he's, he's like getting close to the chopping block with I Montreal. So. I think so. I, I wouldn't be shocked if say Montreal doesn't get in the playoffs this year, you might see him get fired as their GM. But I want to see Eric Stahl have a good uh, good time in, in Montreal. I wonder if you're going to see Cole Caulfield potentially get called up if he's having success in Laval. Uh, so uh, the Habs need better goaltending from Carey Price if they want to get in. It's simple as that. I agree with you. If you're Vancouver or Calgary right now, are you panicking? Are you – Well, if you're Vancouver, yeah, because you're in huge COVID issues. They have over 20 people – personnel – 16 players a few coaches training staff that have COVID right now so and you don't have Elias Pedersen either so this isn't I'd say right now uh it's not a it's not looking good for the Vancouver Canucks I think on the bright side they did just resign uh Thatcher Demko for five years so that's probably the bright spot right now with Vancouver fans so I actually want to touch back on what you said about Elias Pedersen if anything I think this helps them because they're not playing any games, but they will get those games back at the end of the season. That's true. That is very and, true. And he'll be back to play them. So it, 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 it's a bright spot there. I mean, it's it's a glass half full type of situation. Yep. The other issue is they're going to have to play a lot of hockey in a very short window <laughs> of time. That's the only issue. And if they win, they're going to go into the playoffs really 
They're going to be they're they're not going to be uh, like what what's the word like cold. They're not going to be cold going in the That's playoffs true. because but they've they, been playing playoff hockey yeah. every night. But that can also be a bad thing in the sense of how much they're getting beat up and fatigue. Yeah. But yeah, I'm curious. See, I don't think Calgary's going anywhere. I thought when they hired Sutter, they had a good start, but since then I feel like the Calgary Flames haven't been great. Um, like I said earlier, if they keep losing and they are getting, they're dwindling far and far more away from a playoff spot. Don't be surprised that they make moves at the deadline to sell. Boudreaux. We, I mean, we talked, we talked about that earlier in the show about the possibility of him and him being linked with Philly. I mean, I think that might have to do with what Philly's up to as well. But I mean, the asking price for Johnny Boudreaux is gonna be pretty high. I agree. And then the Senators, man, just to wrap up the North Division, they're just they're just having fun, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. They're but not- I mean, I they've they've totally exceeded my expectations in a sense of offensive production. I mean, they are over a hundred goals forward this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the bright spot of the team is Stutzel, Kachuk, uh, Shabbat, Norris, Ratherson. I mean. Give it a couple more years that this team will be good. Um, they just need to develop. They still have Shane Pinto coming, J- uh, Jacob Bernard Docker, who's another great prospect they have. So, I mean, the future is bright for the Ottawa Senators, but, uh, I mean, the season basically is washed. They're going to get another high-end pick this draft. So, at the end of the day, the, their players are getting more exposure and experience, um, and they're going to have a high draft pick. So, at the end of the day, I think it's – I don't think it's that negative when it comes to talking about Ottawa. I agree with you, but let's uh, wrap the show up. Let's get to the Honda West division, uh, starting at the top with the Colorado Avalanche, who are on a 8-0-2 in their last 10 four-game win streak. But I think their win streak is kind of uh, – it's kind of overshadowed by the Nathan McKinnon incident the other night. Yeah, you mean him and Connor Garland where he, he bowled uh, his helmet at his face? Yeah, McKinnon decided to go bowling and throw the helmet at Garland's face. Is that worse than what McDavid did? Uh, I think it's like, they're, I think it's more different. It's, it's like apples too, and oranges. Yeah, it's different. I would say like what McKinnon did was just kind of like you don't do that, but like, <laughs> I mean, they're not going to suspend him either, man. He's the he's the probably the second best player in the world. And if you haven't, if you if you didn't uh, like realize, I think the announcers that game were talking about how uh, McKinnon and Garland kind of have some history from last year's playoffs. Yep. Because McKinnon absolutely ragdolled Garland. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot it, about that. I think it was like into the net. Yeah. When they just uh, when the Avalanche just fucking just kept beating a fucking dead horse. Stop it already! He's dead. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh... That was pretty funny. I loved it, but yeah, they're not going to suspend him. I mean, regardless of McKinnon, he's been he's been hot lately. That whole team as a whole has has been hot. I mean, just even I mean, both sides of the puck, forward and defense, you're getting contributions from everyone. Uh, so, I mean, they what they scored nine goals the other night. You had a hat trick from Jonas Donskoy. Uh, the big boys were going. You had Ranton, McKinnon, Landeskog going. Um, but yeah, this team. I mean, I always said Grubauer is probably like their the downfall of this team but i mean he's been awesome i said i, I said he could I take know. them all the way i know you did say it so um we have we we do have the the footage of that so i'm gonna have to 
swallow my pride here and shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the next three teams are Vegas, Minnesota, and the Arizona Coyotes. Ooh. I know. I, I, I am so shocked. Um, I mean, we, I, I'd say, uh, the three Colorado Vegas mini are going to be the three, but could, could we possibly see Minnesota make a jump? Yes. Could they, could they get into one? Yes. Led by the man, the myth, the legend, Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill Kaprizov. However, Minnesota is just one of those teams for me this year. They are a first round bounce. I think yeah. they've had, they've had such a good season. They have like, little to no like playoff experience as a whole collectively yeah like you have like marcus johansson who who played the stanley cup final but like still yeah um, i want to see i would love to see them go past the first round but this also oh, this vegas team i know they're they've been playing just above 500 hockey in their last 10 they still hold the second place spot and did mark stone and max patch are leading this team uh, Alex Petrangelo, they really need to get him going. I know they 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 made the big the big uh, signing to get him. Uh, it, it looked good to start, but he's not playing up to his like his caliber of what you expect. But when you have Mark Andre Fleury going the way he's going, I he's basically another Vesna finalist in my opinion. It's pretty hard to lose when you have that hot of a goalie. Yeah, he's played extremely well this season. Yeah. He's basically taking the net from Leonard after he signed that contract too. So uh, after all the bullshit from last season, yep, he comes out and do this. Like, is Leonard going to Seattle? Probably not, but you never yeah. know. I don't know what's going to happen with this. It just depends on how the season goes. I mean, if they keep riding Flower, why would you go away from him? Exactly. So I don't know, but they, I mean, they hands down that's the best one-two goalie punch in the league. Yeah. It's not even close. I would say so. I just want to talk about the San Jose Sharks team who has won their last four and they were one point out from a playoff spot. I I don't like I love I used to <laughs> as someone who used to like idolize like watching Joe Joe Thornton, Danny Heatley, Patrick Marla, Dan Boyle, uh Nabokov. I don't know how they're doing this. Their team isn't that good. Like obviously, like their two best players are probably right now is Kachur and Evander Kane. But, like, Eric Carlson's been looking pretty good lately. Did you see his interview the other day when he was eating an apple and he had, like, three assists? And they're like, Eric, is this, like, the best offensive performance you've ever had in your career? And he, as he bites into yeah, his apple, he's it like, no, not even close. <laughs> let's let's go back to the Senators days, shall we? Yeah, seriously. Play a, play a 2014 Ottawa, uh, Eric Carlson Ottawa Senators highlight film or highlight tape and then they can shut the fuck up can can san jose really make a push or is this just like a you know a small like a small sample size of them winning games or are they gonna go back to their typical kind of stink they're fucking know. they're fucking teasing me bro like have you ever been teased by a girl yeah they're teasing me dude they're like yeah like we can get into the playoffs but I mean, I'm looking at their their like lineup right now, and like who's leading the way in points. And Evander Kane's actually in front, and then yep. Logan Couture is right behind him, and then Thomas Hurdle. Um, but it's what's going on with the St. Louis team? St. Louis team. I don't know, man. I'm starting to lose. Like they got Tarasenko back. They, I mean, Mike Hoffman got healthy scratched 
a couple games ago. That that's not great for someone you signed and they thought, oh yeah, he'll slide right on the left side and be a pure sniper for this Blues team. They're gonna get back in the playoffs and make a run after their poor uh, poor performance in the bubble uh, with this Arizona team ahead of them and San Jose creeping right behind them. I'm getting a little nervous with this, but we might not see the St. Louis Blues team in the playoffs. We should start a segment on this show with a phone a friend and. Definitely, if I had to ask somebody for this, I'd ask Tyler Stewart. Yeah, I don't think he's liking what he's seeing from the Blues either. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could be the play of Bennington. Yeah, that's true, Barry. That's very fair. I don't think they're getting enough offensive production. I think they really miss Colton Pareko being Colton Pareko, and it's a it's a collective thing. Uh, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. I mean, Arizona Arizona's been playing a lot better hockey, and you're getting. I mean, Phil Castle now leads the team in points. I think he, he's been playing really well lately. He's been scoring a lot of goals, too. Yeah, he really has. Connor Garland, him, have been awesome. Jacob Chikrin's been a very good story this year. You start, you're finally starting to see that first-round talent like start showing up on the scoreboard. Um, uh, the Clayton Keller's still one of the, uh, up there, too, is one of their better players. I, I know there was – they were talking about the possibility of Connor Garland being traded to Boston Bruins a couple weeks ago when Arizona was kind of taking a dive and they were they weren't really in a playoff spot. Things didn't look like they were trending in the right way, but I don't think you're going to see Garland get traded. I don't think so either. And you know who's not even playing with them right now is Barrett Hayden. Yeah, like that's another center that they have that isn't yeah. playing with them, and that's a top five pick too. Exactly. So. Yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm curious. Darcy Kemper's still been playing real good hockey in the net. Uh, it's still crazy. Like, remember when he was in Minnesota? Yep. And he wasn't very good. And then all of a sudden comes out of nowhere. And Arizona has actually been very productive. Uh, I mean, he got lit up in the bubble last year, but I don't think it was his own fault. I think they just <laughs> completely demoralized the entire Avalanche or the entire uh, Coyotes organization. Well, don't write him off just yet. They had to win a series to get there. That's very true. But yeah, predators. we'll see. Can we see Arizona sustain this and get in? I I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't want. I don't want to go any hot takes here. Okay, but uh, so I mean, the two other California teams, the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks, I'd say their uh, seasons. They're not really. I think there'll be another top uh, top ten picks for both teams. Yeah, I think LA. I think I think at the beginning of the season, LA had that little uh, run that they had going on. We're like, whoa, like LA's in the three yeah. spot. Speaking of the LA Kings, and I want to touch upon this: Would a team ever go out of their way to acquire Andre Kopitar off the Kings? Mm. I feel like it's a it's a it's a high ask because he's got a lot of money. Like his contract's high, but he's still a very good player. And I bet you the other thing, too, is the Kings probably want to keep him with the help to try to help develop this team going forward, especially guys like Quentin Byfield. So uh, it's just something that crossed my mind. I know Dustin Brown's another name that teams have been looking into as well. I think if you lost, like, your number one center, you'd almost have to. Yeah. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a matter of do I want to go get him? It's a matter of like, I have to go get him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody's nobody's just going to want to go to LA and be like, hey, can we get Anze Kopitar? It's going to be like, no, I'm missing a fucking center. Let Give me, me Anze Kopitar. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, I mean, this Ducks team, I, the only, you still got positives in Drysdale and Zegris coming up, both playing in the NHL now. 
I really don't have anything else to say about the team. They're just – it's crazy. Like, we talked about this. The Hawks stole off at least one cup from the Anaheim Ducks in their prime. The Anaheim Ducks could have probably had four cups yeah, in the last so 10 good. years. They were so good. Uh, it's, it, and then they had – dude, they had Gibson and Freddie Anderson as a tandem. Like, people forget that. You know what's crazy is like those two. I thought those 2010, 2011 teams were nasty, but like they had Jonas Hiller in the back end, and now they have Gibby. Yeah, and it just sucks because he's an elite goalie and probably will be on that. Uh, he'll probably back up Hellebuck in the Olympics. That sucks. And he's. I mean, if John Gibson's on another team, his stats are so much better because the Ducks are just not a good team anymore. And I, I've said this, I've talked about this the entire, I think, this season. Is Getzloff going to get moved? What's I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, he, he's been fighting a ton lately, I've noticed. <laughs> he could. I'm curious. Like, Tim would love to have him. If he, yeah. I, would, I, would love, I would love him as an Edmonton Oiler, <laughs> personally. He'd be a good third-line center for the Oilers. Uh, you'd love anyone on the Oilers. I don't know if I'd say that, but I'd love him on my on the Edmonton Oilers, that's for sure. But um, but we're getting to that time where we're going to talk about our players that are trending up and trending down. So uh, let's start with players trending up. Who you got? Uh, trending up, I've got the whole National Predators team. I like that one. That's a, that's a good one. That's a, I'd say that's a fair answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Jonas Donskoy after his uh, hat trick. And I feel like the last couple of weeks he's been playing a little bit more consistently, being more productive. So that's mine. Uh, we got trending down. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Line, man. Oof. He's had like one goal in his last 17 games. Oof. That's a, that's a guy who can score 50 in this league with his shot. So I don't think Patrick Line has been a good fit in uh, Columbus. I'll say that. It's so hard, dude. You, you can never, you can never like truly measure like the trades until like a few years later but i will agree he has not been playing well since he came to columbus and i think we had that we i think that was a thing we talked about was like can he fit the system yeah and no we can't clearly he cannot i like i don't want to be a hot take guy here this might be a hot do it i don't think you're gonna see patrick line in the nhl in the next like in like a couple years oh fuck that is hot (laughs) Is that, is that hot? Or well, I'm doing it. Uh, he could get sick of the fucking NHL, dude. I think he's gonna get sick. I could see him. I don't know if he'd go to the KHL, but I could see him playing in like the Swedish Elite League or one of those. That's fair. That's fair. If teams are just like he, it just seems like he's got such a. I don't know if it's a character or an attitude issue. He knows how good he is. Yeah. But. I mean, remember when we were talking about was was Matthews the wrong pick when they both seemed super competitive that first season, and now you look and it's just like. <laughs> I remember the first time Matthews and Line a played against each other. They played in three. Line a had the comeback hat trick that game. Yeah. And the, the three on three overtime was Matthews went down on a breakaway. He got stuffed by Hellebuck. Yeah. And then Line a came back the other way and sniped on Freddie. Yep. And then I was like, did Toronto fuck up? And then I'm like, no, no, they didn't. Well, um, I think we've covered everything this week. I'm happy we were able to sit down and uh, enjoy a nice hockey chat on this fine Easter evening. Um, 
guys, I know uh, we're going to start uh, pushing more for our merch to sell. I know we really haven't been great with that, but if you still want to buy a shirt, there's plenty of them. I have a shit, a, a huge fucking box in my base with that. If anyone needs a shirt, let me know. Um, we'll we'll uh, post it on our socials. And uh, if you want one, just contact us and we'll get right to you. Yeah, for sure, bro. And uh, let me do a weekly fantasy update. I'm actually going to go against the grain of what I've been doing the last few weeks with one, two, three. I'm actually going to shape up the playoff race coming down right now. So there's about three weeks left to the season. And so the first seed is our podcast sucks. Who's also Aaron Acorn. <laughs> He's sitting in first spot right now. He'll get a bye in the quarterfinal. Fat Kessel, who is Brendan Kelly, he'll get he's number two right now, so he'll also have a bye. The three six matchup will be Mitch Weitzel and uh Mike Sullinger, and the four five matchup will be our previous host, Casey Brigham, and the number five seed is Meredith Dwyer. And I'm is sitting in fucking tenth place, and this sucks. I hate fantasy hockey. Is this your last year playing fantasy hockey? No, I got to do it. We run a podcast. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, things have been going pretty well in the uh, fantasy league for myself, but um, it's not looking good this week. I'll say that. Nah, you're getting wall of nine, nothing. Yeah. Not my best performance, but (laughs) to the, to the two spot, but you'll still be in first. Yeah. But um like i said guys thank you so much for listening uh thank you for us getting a 2000 views now we're on the road to 3000 um but yeah like i said thank you so much for listening we really appreciate it all right thanks guys bye